Hey guys, it's Pastor Scott, and I want to thank you for sharing this time together. My prayer always is that something said will fortify, strengthen, encourage, and equip us so that we might become everything we were created to be. I want to pick up right where we left off with our interview. Um, a couple of days ago, I sat down with a good friend of mine, Pastor Dan Kiesler, here at a Unified City Church in North Wilkesboro. And he and I just began to have a conversation. And before you know it, uh, 45, 50 minutes had passed. And I thought, well, let's just break this up uh, because I know nowadays it's hard to find uh, 45 or 50 uh, uninterrupted moments. Uh, So I thought if we would give it to you maybe in 10 to 15 minute bite-sized samples. But it also gives us a chance to really ponder some of the things that we said. And I really believe that we were getting to the heart of how to not only create and celebrate a new normal, but how to be okay with the mystery of not knowing. The mystery of not knowing. If we know everything, then there's no need for faith. But also, if we know everything, then excitement will cease to exist. So let's just kind of jump right back into this interview. And I want you to just follow along with us because I believe that God is helping us to recognize progress even in the midst of process. Amen? Amen. So we're going to pick right up. I'll be back in just a few minutes to tell you how you can connect, how you can support, and be a part of this. So let's jump into the interview. God bless. Because it was different, so sometimes different is just exciting by nature, but um, for for this, it was like, it, it almost felt like we're starting a church again. Yeah. And so you're almost like, man, what's God going to do out of this? And the truth is, if we don't have moments where we don't know what's next, mm-hmm. then how can we be excited to ponder what He's going to do? Yeah. You know, if we can predict tomorrow every single day, then, you know, yeah. some excitement's gone. And so yeah. not that yeah. we need, you know, pandemics to, yeah. to keep our faith <laughs> exciting, but, you know. Well, I, I do think, though, I think what you're saying is exactly right. I do think that it's it's okay. Matter of fact, I do think we need adversaries. Yeah. Like you said, we don't need pandemics, but I do think that an adversary totally. is good. Yeah. Sure. It's good for our training. It's good for our, you know, it's good for our muscle build. It's good for any kind of resistance. Sure. You know, I, I grew up... Um, especially when I was a Christian earlier, you know, in the, you know, the, the strength of the faith movement and the charismatic movement where, you know, if you were really serving God well, nothing, nothing wrong, you know, yeah, would sure. ever touch you. And you were always going to be the head, not the tail above and not beneath. And, yeah. you know, everything you got, you were going to get a hundredfold back. Right. I never saw that resistance was necessary. Yeah. Um, it, it was necessary to build the muscle of faith. Sure. And then you look even throughout Scripture, um, I began to see that resistance and adversarial situations were actually keys um, to let that person know that you've outgrown this level. Yeah, sure. You know, without a Goliath, David's still a shepherd boy. Yeah. Um, You know, Elijah would have stayed. I know Elijah would have stayed at that brook forever and ever as long as the water was running and the ravens were coming. Yeah. So sometimes God has to dry those things up, if nothing else, to totally, keep us yeah. moving. Yeah. And, you know, 
when the word says that the steps of a man are ordered by the Lord, it's not just the, you know, left, right, left, right, left, but sometimes it's the levels and the stages. Yeah. And I've noticed that as a dad, you know, I've got two daughters and you've got one and another daughter on yeah. the way. So uh, my daughters are 22 uh, and um, 18, soon to be 19. And I look back and I can even see, you know, I was a pretty good dad when yeah. they were at this level. Um, I was a really good dad, I think, when they were at another level. I'm learning how to be a good dad at this level, and so far I'm yeah. wondering if I'm okay. Sure, yeah. So we have to examine our calls um, and the call of God on our life, because like you said, there's always there should always be progress. There should be totally, glory yeah. to glory. Uh, faith to faith, step and stage, step and stage. And if you're building a skyscraper, what you're really building is, you know, a foundation, a room, a ceiling that becomes a foundation, totally, yeah. a room, a ceiling, yep. and it just keeps reproducing itself. So I think that this as as resistance, you know, people used to say, why am I being resistance, Maybe, resisted? Maybe I made a bad choice. Sometimes resistance is the sign of a good choice. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. And and maybe you can even share about that a little bit because, you know, what do you say when people come in and say, well, I thought this was God, like Abraham, you know, like Noah, I heard God and all of a sudden now I'm just putting nails in this wood and building yeah. a boat. I don't even know what a boat is. Sure. Yeah. It's going, I don't know what rain is. Did I miss God? Sure. Yeah. I think that's the challenge too, is we always question. And then we categorize things in the wrong department. And so like sometimes when I feel like I failed, it's not that I failed, I just reached capacity. And usually when there's resistance, it's because I've reached capacity. And so I need resistance to either break that capacity and mm -hmm. go higher, or I just get to stay where I'm at. Right. You know, and so when we think about resistance, it's usually a good sign that we've succeeded somewhere. And most people, rather than embrace that and learn to grow stronger with it, a lot of times we, we push it away. Especially mm -hmm. in like, you know, I mean, I know you well enough to know that we're, I don't know if it's positive thinking or I wouldn't call it, uh, some might <laughs> say we're prosperity gospel, who knows, but right. anytime you're positive, people think it's like a prosperity watered down yeah. weird message. Yeah. but. But it's not. I mean, I, I'm a positive thinker, but I embrace resistance. I don't like it always, but if you see it for what it is, it excites you. Yeah. And so, like I said a minute ago, even in this season, I got excited because it, there was this resistance. And it wasn't just the resistance in how we do church. We could figure that out. I mean, we live in the age of Facebook. You can do click a, click a button, go live, and still do it right, right. in the meantime. But... I was excited because it was it it the the resistance would it was going to um, surface some insecurities that either I had or our team had or just people and I'm always excited when our insecurities are challenged because it means we get to change capacity, mm -hmm. um, and so like when that excitement hit it was because there was a resistance and so uh, I think we definitely hit those pockets where we succeed but don't categorize it as that. Mm -hmm. And sometimes success, the evidence of it is the fact that something is resisting us or there's adversity or there's an adversary that basically says if you don't change. Like the challenge with capacity is like we can get so used to doing it a certain way and get yeah. by. Right. And it, when we're talking about normal, sometimes our normal just has to change. Yeah. And it won't change if we do it the way we've always done it. Um, and so when we talk about like our capacity growing or changing, it's like 
sometimes I reach capacity and I think that that like trigger of man you just failed or you're not enough mm-hmm. and that's not true the, the, the problem the problem is you're more than enough that's why you're hitting that ceiling and it, it doesn't agree with you like, yeah yeah the challenge though is it takes resistance the resistance of having to learn to do it a different way because the way I've done it got me to the ceiling mm-hmm. but if I'm gonna go past that something has to change yeah um, and so I think resistance is a great tool I think I mean there's no there's no growth without it. You can't build muscle without it. You can't right. build faith without it. Look at every great man of faith and he, man of faith and or woman of faith uh, in Hebrews or throughout the Scripture. You know, we're, we're talking to all these great faith guys. Like they were known because they went through resistance. Yeah, I yeah. mean, every single one of them, much greater than what we're even going through right now. I, yeah, you know, exactly. Like, so we're exactly. sitting here like, man, we gotta have faith. I'm like, no, those dudes had to have faith. Yeah, like that's another level. <laughs> that's, They're seeing yeah. seas part and armies come after them, and you know, plagues, and yeah. you know, we're just having to shelter in place for a few weeks. <laughs> and I was gonna ask you about that. I mean, do you, we're wise enough to know that you know this has this situation has. Um, it's interrupted our comfort. It has. It's disrupted our comfort. Some of it has been really hard for people, especially sure. those who are business owners. Yep. And, you know, it, it's it's hard as pastors for somebody else to tell you that you're not essential. You know, because yeah. they're only going to open the essential stuff and you for just sure. make the list. Yeah. Um, but but do you ever? Without being cynical, because I know it's easy to get cynical, but but do you ever want to just tell people, guys, you know, this is a drop. We're not being persecuted. This is not yeah. persecution. Exactly. Yeah. You know, they're not burning your houses or right. you know, putting you to the torch, uh, splitting you apart with chariot. Not yet. You know. Right. Yeah. Um, but it reminds me. I think it is good for us to use it as a teaching tool. I think it's in the book of Jeremiah, I'm not sure, but there's a scripture that says, you know, if you can't run with the footman, how are you going to be able to run with the horses? Yeah. And I think some of these things, if nothing else, it's it's put a light on us so that maybe we could, you know, um, maybe we're not as prepared as we thought we were. Sure. Uh, Maybe we're not as you know, grown up and mature and an, an expert in that thing as we thought. Yeah. Because it's easy to think you're an expert when everybody around you is saying, yeah, that's it, that's sure. great. But like yeah. you said, there's no resistance. Right, exactly. Yeah. It's like practicing against a team that's supposed to let you run the play correctly Monday through Friday and sure. then Sunday comes and you just get your tail handed to you. you right, yeah. like, uh, maybe we weren't as good as we thought. I, yeah. Um, and that's but that's okay to say, right? I mean, sure, yeah, I think so. I think I think on, we don't grow without honesty, yeah, and we can't change without it, you know. And so honesty isn't always a negative self-reflection or self-talk. Sometimes it's just reality. Yeah. And if we can't embrace reality to the point that I mean, sometimes we're just too insecure to admit certain things. Yeah. But the people who I think change the world and and lead through things like this are the ones who they're not so shut down by their insecurity that they can't also have real conversations with themselves. Yeah. It's easy yeah. to have a real conversation with somebody else's stuff, but when it comes to your own and your own self-change, yeah. that's where you I think that's what separates leaders from from uh, I don't know how to say this nicely, but counterfeits maybe. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um is cuz cuz I I do I do think this I think like we're in a space where um 
and I'm mentally fil- filtering out so many voices that I've heard the past few weeks. Because <laughs> depending on who you talk to, you get a different prophetic insight of whatever's going on. Mm-hmm. But here's what I know: the the plan of the Lord doesn't change. Like you said earlier, it didn't, it didn't catch him off guard. Right. He wouldn't have called us to certain things. I mean, like we're in the middle middle of a building project, mm-hmm. and so one thing's not that I'm like worried about that at all. Um, but the Lord just very nicely reminded me of the day the other day that. I wouldn't have brought you this far mm-hmm. if I if this wasn't part of it as well, you know. Yeah. So um, when people think, "Man, we'll never have church again," I'm like, "Come on, yeah, seriously." Yeah. Like you said, this, we're not being persecuted, we're not burning our Bibles and houses down and suppressing the gospel. Right. In fact, we can get online and preach the gospel from a billion different sources a day. Yeah. Um, yeah. As loud as we want to, as vibrant as we want to. I mean, that's yeah. that's not persecution. We should we actually are probably thriving right now because we're reaching more people. Yeah. Um and so I, I yeah, I think I think we're in a zone where the one thing I would say though is I think we're in a place where what we've been used to might change mm-hmm. and maybe even what we think is was normal might change. Um, but I think it's because we're going to be growing and, and becoming more efficient. And also, I think we're going to be walking in a, uh, how do I word this? Maybe like, a, not that we weren't walking in anointing before, mm-hmm. but I just think like the call of the Lord on people's lives is we're going to walk in it with more clarity yeah. out of this because of this. And so I've been thinking about that a little bit and thinking like, through stuff like this, it's not going to be, and again, I don't mean the cynical because I really do appreciate every church, every ministry, um, but I think what we're going to see is a lot of the pop culture church really be challenged. Yeah. Where it's not just going to be who has the best marketing or media, it's going to be who's walking in anointing. Yeah. I mean, you can fabricate and get people in a door, um, but there's an anointing that you can't counterfeit. Um, and I think we're going to see that take the forefront in, in the church more than than just a billion church plants all the time, you know? Yeah, I, I was telling, I think that's so good, Dan. I was telling somebody the other day, I said, you know, it just seems like in all of this that God in his ultimate wisdom seems to be leveling the playing field. Yeah. Um, whereas before, you know, if you wanted to reach um, the quantity of people, and I'm not going to mention names because, you know, people would know them and it sounds like that I'm jealous or envious or coaches. I, I'm, I'm not. Yeah. But if we wanted to reach the masses of people that certain preachers reach, we would have to have such an influx of people, of money, of technology. Yeah, sure. But it seems like God's just let the air out of you. Like you said, God's just almost let the air out of the pop culture sure. church. Yeah. And so now the playing field is level. and. You're having to really learn how to communicate right. the gospel. And you're going to have to learn how to trust the anointing that it's on the inside, that God's got your back, that God will back your words. Sure. Um, yeah. Because we don't get to use our preacher phrases anymore. Right, you know, yeah. That, that, that we learn. There's no turn to your neighbors right now. Yeah, high five <laughs> so many people. Yeah. And, you know. You know, t- touch 20 people, tell them I'm going to get mine. You know, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> first I can't. I don't want to get yours, you know, stay six feet away from me. So, um, but, but a lot of those things that I think we relied on, um, you know, even, you know, loud, vibrant music that could shake the room. Sure. And yeah. I grew up in that, man. And I love that. Yeah. Still do. Sure. Um, 
but we can't, we don't have that as a crutch or a go-to anymore. Right, yeah. This really has to be, you know, and I was thinking, you know, how Jesus would say things to, you know, one man, Nicodemus. He'd say things to one woman at a well. You know, there was no traveling revival show with him, you know. Yeah. Uh, I never, you never one time see Jesus looking at disciples saying, you know, I can't get no help up in here, or you know, yeah, y'all yeah, better yeah. amen me. They, yeah, they like he needed a, a pep. Yeah, you yeah. know, I can't preach up in here. You know, uh, <laughs> I can't get nobody with me. Well, nobody knows what you're saying. This is you know, this is brand new. Right, yeah. <laughs> oh man, this is so good. I hate to cut it off, um, but I know that you were able to receive something from this. Uh, it's good to just sit with people and not only have honest conversations, but authentic conversations, because we, as I've said before, we are living in times right now where the only thing certain is the uncertainty. But guys, we have a certain hope. It is built on a certain God, a certain Jesus, whose word is certain. He can do anything but fail. And he will not, he cannot, don't ever think that he will fail you, even would want to fail you. It is God's pleasure, Jesus said. Fear not, little flock, it's your Father's pleasure to give you the kingdom. And I'm hoping that conversations like this and podcasts like this are helping you receive truth in a very real, authentic, pragmatic, if you will, um, applicable way. Because Real questions deserve real answers. Amen? So, hey, thank you for tuning in. This was part two. We'll have part three up in a couple of days. But if these messages and these podcasts are blessing you, listen, go to our website, nc3wilkesboro.com. You can go to our Facebook page and make comments. You can go to wherever these podcasts are found. And if the Lord lays it on your heart to support this ministry— Um, You can find out different ways to give going on our website, going on the Facebook page. You can use PayPal. It's very secure. But we really do believe that this is good ground. We've seen good harvest come from this. So especially now when your seed is precious, I want to guarantee you that this is good ground. I can guarantee you a harvest. You say, Pastor Scott, that's a bold statement. Well, we serve a bold God. And that was the one time that God said, prove me. When it comes to tithes, when it comes to offerings, he said, prove me. That's a bold statement, but God was able to say it. Prove me and see if I won't open you the windows of heaven. So, I love you. God loves you way more than that. Stay connected. Stay tuned, and I'll see you next time. All right, God bless.